ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is Chris and Andre. We're two friends from the beautiful and lovely North Carolina. Used to work together and have a lot of conversations at lunch. And we no longer work together, but we still meet for lunch and have these conversations. And we just really like to, you know, we're trying to share. How would you call this? Share like. I don't know. Our perspectives, I guess. And not that we really think anybody necessarily cares, but we heard enough from people that overheard portions of our lunch conversations that we should record this and put this out somewhere for other people to enjoy. So we decided we would. Yeah. Um, so the, the picture I sent you of the, the Satan steak. Yes. Um, it was gummy. <laughs> yeah. You like, said you oversteamed it. I don't think I've had Satan steaks yet or satan anything in general um so i don't i don't know what advice i can give you i will say i got a foodie ninja like um it's an it's a pressure cooker um like air crisper um it'll make yogurt like i don't know it's this crazy contraption that is about the same size as my old air fryer Um, in terms of the amount of countertop space that it takes up, but, um, I love it. It's pretty awesome. Um, I've only used it to make French fries so far, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, um, I have not bought an air fryer, but I did use my, uh, Instapot and made a lentil soup. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I've been looking for some good like Instapot recipes now that I have a pressure cooker. Um, right. Because I want to see what that's all about because everybody's like, oh, I'm really excited to make rice because I suck at making rice on the stove unless it comes in a box. Yeah, my mom, like when I was a kid, she showed that was like one of the first things I learned how to cook. And I'm pretty good at making it stovetop. And it, I think it tastes better. Um, Tenchi has a rice cooker. Like it. Everybody I know has a rice cooker. Yeah. Um, I really, I don't have a, maybe I don't have a preference, but I I don't, well, now I eat a lot more rice, but you know, you remember, I was like, we got a Mexican. I I know very well. Andre does not (laughs) like eating rice. (laughs) Like no rice. So (laughs) now rice is a part of a meal, but it is what it is. We also, on Sunday, we went to the vegan community kitchen in Apex. Oh, you son of a. It's been on my list. Um, the last time that I was over there, they were. It's like, oh, we're not open on Tuesdays or something stupid like that. And so I was <laughs> dropping off some stuff at the recycling center, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go over there for lunch. And then I looked, and I was like, oh, of course they're closed. Like the one day that I'm over here, it was so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had their house burger, and it was. It made so uh, the burger fi burger that we had was mm-hmm. good. Their house burger put that to shame. You know, you know who does not have a good vegan burger? Who's that? Zin Burger. Really? Yeah, I was really disappointed. I went there like a week ago and tried their Beyond Burger, and they serve it on like this vegan pretzel bun. Um, It's just like I don't know. It just was not not very tasty. Like I'd take a Burger Fi Burger over that. And so I, my mom, um, had we were down at the beach for 
Christmas and she had these Dr. Prager's like black bean quinoa um, frozen burgers in the freezer. And I didn't try them there, but we picked up some when we came back and I have absolutely fallen in love with those things. Like, yeah, those are fantastic. They've got really good flavor. Um, and I'll usually do them with some like beer braised on onions, um, you know, to go with it. So, yeah, I, I, um, I'll tell you this. I watched this documentary on Netflix called, um, what the health, what the health. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, because you had mentioned that I started watching it this morning, I had to run an errand, so I didn't get to finish it. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm going to have to become vegan now. So I was excited initially that I can eat cheese and eggs. And now it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that either. So, um, yeah. And that's, I mean, cause that was part of what, you know, I think we talked last time about game changers and that, that was the thing for me was that it just, it didn't really matter what form of animal product it was that you were consuming. Like you're getting all of the bad stuff from, and, and just the overall system, you know, that is used to grow and harvest these animals, um, is, is just so bad for the environment. And yeah. introduces so mu- so much bad stuff into the food that it's like I mean what why do we need to eat that ultimately we don't that's and right. then and then you look at all of the lobbying and all of that stuff that goes on and all of the false studies that the you know American cancer associations and whatnot then promote um, it's it's just it's you know it's unfortunate that we live in a in a world where people take advantage of that kind of stuff. And I think now, now you're starting to see, it's like the whole false, false news thing. Right. Right. But now you're seeing it on like just this really blatant scale. (laughs) Like it's always kind of been there, but I think now we're starting to see it done just more blatantly and out in the open. And I think what's frustrating for me is that a lot of people don't really seem to care. It's like, well, yeah, well, he he wasn't telling the truth there, but everybody does that, right? Like everybody stretches the truth or everybody's got an agenda. So it's okay that he has an agenda too, or that she has an agenda. Like just because you support that person or you, you ultimately support what it is that they're saying, whether or not it's true or. Yeah. And I don't, I I don't know if I uh, for a second, let you talk. It's, it's fine. Okay. I mean, I totally agree. Um, I mean, if you were to tell me what three months ago to you know being a you know, being a vegan or vegetarian was probably uh, a good idea, I would be like, <laughs> "Yeah, you're crazy." Yeah, I know. Uh, In fact, I didn't you when because uh, wasn't Chris dating uh, a yeah. vegan at one point and you and he was like going all vegan? And you're like, I can't believe this. I've, I've failed as a father. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to come full circle, yep. like I literally told him last night, hey, you should totally reach out to, you know, they're no they're no longer, no longer dating. But I was like, yeah, she's a vegan chef. Maybe she's got some recipes. You guys are still friends, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, dad. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, but, you know, it's it's one thing I do believe is that you're not I know your plan is to be, you know, no more than, than everybody else and become the smartest person on the planet. That's right. My my plan is more of at least understanding why people, um, why they believe what they believe. Why do they form that opinion? And I think with this particular thing, it's, it's like 
huh, maybe the way that other people have explained it to me, you know, animal cruelty doesn't probably really, at, on a surface level, doesn't really connect to me until I actually see it, right? Yeah. So, like, what does that mean, uh, animal cruelty? Like, are you, I doubt people are, well, I, well, that's no longer true. <laughs> it's, it's but, the, I mean, until you, until you do see it, right? I think right. that's, that's the point is that it's, for a lot of people, it's hard to imagine. I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've sat here and eaten hot dogs for years and I know what's in hot dogs. You know, like, I, mean, I know full well that it's, do you, do you? like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, and I didn't care. Like I ignored it. I, you know, basically pushed that information out of my mind every time that I sat down and ate one. But now I'm at the point where it's because you're right. For me, it wasn't it, it going vegan hasn't been as much about animal cruelty, although that is a factor of it. It has been more about, well, for my own personal health, like this is this is better and then right. it also has the other tangible benefits of, you know, if myself, one individual, right, making this change isn't going to have a widespread impact on the ecosystem. But I think you're starting to see more and more people understand that meat is not a necessary component, that getting things from animals is not necessary, that we have the ability to create things that are just as flavorful, if not more so, that are healthier, Um you know, and, and it starts to open people's eyes a little bit. So hopefully, you know, the, I think one of the issues, right. And I, I mean, even now in living in Cary, North Carolina, you know, like hoity toityville, right. it's hard to find some vegan stuff, you know, like some stuff I can only get on thrive market online. Um, I have to go to four different stores if I want to make certain meals because of the different things that I have to get. And there are, you know, certain brands of vegan things that I greatly prefer over others. Trader Joe's has by far the best vegan cream cheese that I've found. Um, you know, and like, I think it's follow your heart or whichever one it is. Mykonos, um, that's not Mykonos. That one's terrible. Uh, that Harris Teeter has like, it's okay. You know, it's, it's fine. Like if I'm baking or something, but like if I'm having it with a bagel, like, no, I want the Trader Joe's stuff. Yeah. I went to, uh, to your point, I actually went to Trader Joe's, which my first visit, great, great experience. Everybody there was super friendly. Yeah. I bet Um, you love that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably sitting there going, get back to work. You hippies. (laughs) Who's spending all this time decorating these signs with chalk markers? Jeez. Okay, operationally, <laughs> I will say that there were some questions, and like that was one of them. Like, who's got the time? But the employees were definitely friendly. Um, then I went to Fresh Market, and I was surprised. Like, I've never shopped at Fresh Market. I know they've existed for years, but I've never shopped there. Yeah. But I was surprised that there weren't a lot of um, vegan items there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's confusing. Then I went to the Holy Grail <laughs> of freaking uh, Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my God, I'm actually in a Whole Foods. Like I, par- there was a part of separation from my, my soul as I was walking in and realized an out of body experience. Is that what <laughs> I like? And the conversion has completely happened. And what, what I find is that it's a matter of education, right? So whether it's, it's social perception of what something is or whatever it may be, it's a matter of education. 
Um, so I found, you know, the, the items I needed at Whole Foods. And I was pretty impressed. The prices aren't, you know, great. They're not. They're not outrageous. And I think no, a lot. I, and and I, it all depends on what you get. Yeah, but that I think that's totally a myth. That you know, in order to shop and eat healthy, it's going to cost you more. Right. And I think that is insane. It is. So well, and so the other thing that I've noticed is like the perishability of food, right? right. I can make, you know, roasted vegetables that are going to last a lot longer than if I cook a bunch of hamburgers, you know, like right. they're going to taste better. They're going to be fine. Um, yeah. And just, I, I don't know. I feel like even the stuff that I buy fresh that stays in the refrigerator now lasts longer than like, I used to throw away meat all the time because right. I'd forget that it was in there and all of a sudden it turned brown and was like, Oh, well that's gross. I'm going to toss it. And not, not to say that I don't toss vegetables too but at least with vegetables it's gonna compost i can put it in the compost pile <laughs> right <laughs> you know, like um yeah. i yeah i agree i agree with that 100 percent. I, I think that it's uh i i think it's also convenience like we still like we're a society especially in this country based on convenience so when you think about um like when i lived in europe my refrigerator was a lot smaller than what it is in the United States. Like, like I can buy a, like a normal American beer refrigerator is probably the size of, you know, the typical, you know, European refrigerator. Totally. Like the, yeah. it, so the convenience factor of being an American is probably, probably plays a lot of the part in there. Um, is shopping online better than shopping, you know, in the store? Who knows? Like, I don't know, but if I can find what I need, and I just don't have, you know, I have to, you know, fight off the immediate gratification of having it right now, then there we have it. So, you know, um, it, if you plan what you're going to buy, you can buy the stuff online, like the groceries you need online and you're good. You can just move on. So, you know, th- that was just some of the learnings I've had with, uh, my whole now vegan transition. Um, and that's still weird to say, but you know, it's not real. It's not weird. It's just different, <laughs> but, uh, I'm okay with that. So we've got one more. Well, I don't know if it's one more or two more debates. Did you watch the last Democratic debate? I haven't watched any of them. Oh, gosh. I am am an unpatriotic American. Okay. No, I've just... uh, No, honestly, I didn't even know that they were going on. Okay. One thing I thought... I I have like a... I'm going to go over... Is Lieberman running? Can I vote for him again? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, here's my rant. Um, I do believe, and I can't believe, I really can't believe I'm saying this. Bernie Sanders makes some good points when it comes to, Stop it. I know when it, when it comes to corporate America, like, and their influence in, in our, um, democratic process. Yes. I think his, his proposed plan or his proposed proposed methods of trying to do like execute on those plans completely bonkers i also enjoyed how your favorite mayor pete booty sweat <laughs> so you said it i didn't uh he loved elizabeth- the pussy <laughs> <laughs> elizabeth warren attacked him for like a campaign uh funding event that he had in a wine cave which i i didn't i didn't even google what a wine cave is yeah I was waiting to see what his response was, and he nailed it. He was like, 
uh, all right. So I had to get funding. I wasn't able, you know, I'm not a millionaire like she is mm-hmm. or Bernie or it was just his, the paraphrase is basically like, it's great to have these purity tests, but why have purity tests? You can't pass yourself. I was like, that is so baller. Like He balled out on Elizabeth Ward. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, like one of my biggest gripes against uh, the the Democratic Party is I've always had this feeling of they are elitist, and that in and of itself drives me bananas. I I don't disagree, but I guess like I don't see any difference in that department between the two parties. I don't think that the Republicans are any less elitist than the Democrats are. I think ultimately it boils down to you're crazy. politicians. You're, you're, you're insane. Okay. Here's why, here's why I say you're insane. Okay. Look at a map of America. I, right? Okay. The, you, the, the definition of the East Coast and the West Coast is so clear. It's super clear. You, our news, our media... <sighs> typically lives in the coast our politics typically live on the coast our industry typically lives on the coast 90 percent of the population lives on the coast <laughs> you're 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 not wrong <laughs> so i mean it would kind of make sense that that's where all those things are <laughs> but but like also most okay so if that's true which it is my point being is like we look at the world through a lens that doesn't reflect the actual population, right? So like ourselves, we live in one of the richest counties in the state. Sure. Of, and this is, you know, this is not factual. This is like probably just good old guesstimation. I'm going to eyeball this number. Mm -hmm. If you look at how the, the educational dollars are spent in this state, they probably go to five different counties, Wake, Mecklenburg, uh, Forsyth, Guilford and pick some other random one in the West coast on the East coast of this state, whatever that wealthiest, probably Hanover. Well, actually that's probably not true. So I know they have a lot of issues with their schools. When you, when you can pocket like just whether it's population or how you spend like uh, taxpayer dollars Mm -hmm. to the people that have the most, influence you build like we're insul- we're literally insulated in like our view on education we have our gripes but we're insulated on our, on our view basically because of the status of our county and granted we have you know and i just i think that be becoming like so you, i mean you feel like we don't take education seriously enough because the education problem in wake county isn't much of a problem right there's 95 other counties <laughs> that have bigger issues. There's like, you know, whether it's building a new school, whether it's uh, supplying textbooks or, or whatever, like whatever the new technology is going to actually be for reading. Um, so if we're not going to have textbooks, why, you know, what are the digital devices that we're using for kids to actually read? Well, but right? that's, I mean, that's why we have representatives for each district, right? Okay. So here's another really, you know, just, obvious question if that's true if if mo- for school exa- school being the example mm-hmm. why are teachers paid like why is the salary for teachers so varying even in this state alone right 
why is it that a teacher in, um, you know, Wake County makes more than a teacher in, let's say, some Duplin County? Yeah. I mean, I, they're state employees. They are state employees, but they're also and, county employees, right? Yes. And I, but, but are, that's what it all boils down to is the money from the county. I'm not saying it's right. But I'm saying that that's, I mean, that's the answer to your question, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't, I mean, I, I, I think that we've, we've figured out a way to, like, the, I mean, I'm just saying there's a bigger tax base in Wake County than there is in, you know, Bun County X, right. <laughs> you know, no, yeah. And I, I understand that part. I'm just saying like, I, I think and, that and either way, I would say that teachers are still woefully underpaid regardless of where, <laughs> right, <laughs> where they are located. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I see, I understand what you're, what you're saying, you know, like I, and I don't, yes, there's always that risk of, you know, allowing the large pockets of populations to influence everything. But I mean, if that's part of the reason, right, that we have states rights versus federal rights. And I think that's, you know, they're, that's supposed to fix part of that. Is that you know with within our state we can govern ourselves as long as it doesn't go against what the federal law is. Now I think you know it, there's been lots of cases where the federal government has overreached, and you know created laws that infringed on state rights that haven't been pushed back against. I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head, but I mean even stuff like withholding, um, you know, uh, like infrastructure funds to set the you know legal drinking age to 21 right weird little you know like strings that they attach to funds and stuff like that where it's clearly influencing the decisions that are being made at a state level that could you know if the people of the state wanted the drinking age to be 18 like who gives a shit so i mean i totally agree i just think that there's i don't know i think that there is a sense of um I mean, we live in Disneyland when it comes to like most states, right? In my opinion. Oh, um, totally. I mean, the cost of living is low. You know, we've got good, you know, infrastructure for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it's not yeah. bad. I like North Carolina. I, yeah, I don't have a. Again, I don't have a solved. I do see the. You know, I do understand why Trump got elected because we do have. Uh, an environment where we've separate we've set before he went into office it was separated before there was division amongst you know what was actually happening with the rest of the population and i you know i i really see that even in our own microcosm of a of the nation we have the same problem where we you know we li- we obviously live in a wealthy county um we live in two of the wealthiest cities in the state Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, how do you, how do you forget about everybody else? And I think that's part of the problem. I, I, you know, hopefully the one of the two parties can figure that out. Yeah. Um, I mean, the capitalist society would dictate that those people should fend for themselves. Not saying I agree with that, but well, I mean, again, I, we go back to our, our discussion last time. I think as long as the rules are fair, then that's fine. Um, yeah, but the rules are never fair because the people who set the rules are usually the ones who are in charge. Okay, then we can go back to campaign reform. We can go back to term limits. I mean, yeah. so I mean, well, there, we don't want to have that conversation again because we already did. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> there are some. 
But you know what uh, we didn't talk about last time? What's that? Sports. Oh, Carolina finally beat somebody, and it was well, they beat Yale. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about sports. You know, I mean, that's that that's the what the Harvard of the North. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pleased with how the Broncos finish out their season. Yeah. Um, Did you guys win on Sunday? Yeah, the uh, against the Raiders. I mean, oh, good. Yeah, I hate the Raiders. So, well, I, I don't hate them, but no, I do. Um, <laughs> that's mean. Um, but they all they almost let the game go. They only won by like one point. And it's like, how do you how do you guys let that go? Um, you could have been like my two teams, and you know, just sucked in general. Seahawks and Chargers both losing to close out the season. Um, yeah. We'll see if it's the end of Philip Rivers' career. Everybody seems to think it is in San Diego, at least. But well, it's not San Diego, obviously. He's thirty-seven or thirty-eight, right? Yeah, I think he just turned thirty-eight not long ago, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, once his batch of quarterbacks is out, I mean, Eli is uh, saying that he doesn't want to be a backup, so he's probably done. Um, And yeah, they fired Pat Schumer. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I mean. I was actually kind of upset when I was like browsing through the the sports news and saw that Rivera may go to Washington. I, yeah, that was hilarious. He loses to Washington, gets fired because of that, and then they're going to go and turn around and hire him. I mean, at least they finally got rid of Bruce Allen there. And freaking Tom Coughlin down in Jacksonville. What a joke yeah. that guy turned out to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Rivera is a great coach. I, th- I think that Carolina's issue has been Cam Newton. Um, I know that's but they played possible. the whole season without him, and they they still sucked. So but how are you gonna built, blame Cam? They built the whole team around him. No, they built the whole team around Christian McCaffrey this year. Well, uh, uh. yeah, uh, <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> real mature, Andre. Real mature. <laughs> I know I turned into a three year old. Uh, you're right, and I love McCaffrey, um, and there's a reason why, but. Um, you can't do that. Like you can't build a team around one player. Uh, no, I mean the Giants tried to do it with Saquon Barkley. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't do that. Um, but Rivera going to Washington would break my heart because I, I mean, I, I love Rivera. I think he's a great coach. But I'm never going to ever, 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 emphatically ever say I want the Redskins to win. Yeah, the Redskins are terrible. Yeah, I mean, and um, Dan Snyder's just like such a piece of shit human being that (laughs) i mean it's kind of like rooting for the Cavs. like i like lebron but i was like i don't really don't want what's his name dan uh i can't remember his last name now but whoever the guy is that owns the Cavs, that also is like i think he's a quick and loans guy if i'm not mistaken oh yeah 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 he's a real piece of shit too yeah i mean I, i love lebron um i I, I love LeBron. I think he's like the best basketball player ever. Um, the argument between him and you know, who's better, LeBron or, or MJ, I'm never going to have that conversation. I think they're both great in their own. I would say if uh, hopefully, well, there won't be any backlash because I don't know how many people are listening, but I think Michael Jordan had to play in a different era with harder com- opponents than uh, LeBron. So that's that. But 
overall, I think they're both great players. I think they're both, I think they're tied for number one as the best basketball player ever. Um, yeah. The only difference is I think when Jordan played, it was a lot harder to play. Okay. If you say so. And why can't I say so? I didn't, I didn't say you couldn't. I said, if you say so. But it's right. If, yeah, I, I'm not going to infringe. On, <laughs> no. I mean, Jordan's a great player. Um, and LeBron is. And yes, I agree. I, it's, it's hard ultimately to compare them because they're, they are different eras. The rules of basketball have changed so much over the last 30 years that, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like they're not, I mean, they're not playing two completely different sports, but, um, you know, I think to some degree, Michael Jordan had, I mean, maybe it was an advantage, maybe it wasn't, um, you know, playing with, um, Phil Jackson or playing for Phil Jackson all those years. Um, you know, LeBron's done it with Eric Spolstra and Tyron Lue, yeah. <laughs> you know, and maybe <laughs> Frank Vogel this year. Um, yeah. I think, you know, obviously I wasn't, I wasn't as into basketball when MJ was coming up um, and when he was really popular. Like I, I you know, paid a little bit of attention. I knew who he was, but I wasn't, I didn't watch regularly. So it's hard for me to really make much of a comparison between the two styles directly. And I'm, a, I'm the exact opposite. I think I watched basketball more then than I do now. But when you look at the rosters of most teams and we could, I mean, I don't think we could do it with football, but I would say basketball definitely there's not as many stacked teams as, um, well, let me take that back. You had Carl Malone, you had, you know, Matumbo, you had, I mean, hell, uh, the Sacramento Kings were a decent team. Yeah. You know? Like they had Chris Weber and, uh, <laughs> Vladi Divac and, you know, like those guys, I mean, I, cause I grew up outside of Sacramento. So that was my team for the longest time. Mm. My dad and I used to go watch Mitch Richmond play, you know, like right. back in the day, it's like, <laughs> They were a decent team out west. They were, you know, I remember losing to the freaking Jazz like every single year in the damn playoffs, like in the mid '90s. It was awful. Carl Malone and Stockton, Carl Malone. and yeah, um, I mean, you had Barkley and um, yeah. I Matt mean, it, it was it's just a different league. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think you could look at the modern era that LeBron's had to play in, and you know, he had um, Dwayne Wade up until he was playing with him. Um, Oh, that's really it. No, um, you had two teams. Yeah, you had you had uh, you had a my one of them. He was at Cleveland. Yeah, and crap, Miami. Miami. I was like, like I, I said it in Miami. I was like, why am I, why won't the word come out? So it was always the East Coast. It was always Miami, Cleveland. There, there was no question. Well, yeah, about now that. he's finally on the West Coast because yeah. he wanted to find. He wanted to play for the Lakers, which. Everybody wants to play for the Lakers. I don't want to play for the Lakers. I mean, come on. Like, what do you talk? It's like one of the most, it's, they're like the Yankees of basketball. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. They're two of the most overrated franchises. In- <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Those words actually came out of your mouth. I mean, I guess the history of the Lakers. What are you talking about? The Yankees. Look at the history of the Yankees. The history of the Lakers. The Lakers had like two good, like teams. What? Uh, all right. <laughs> go, go, go with your insanity thought there. And 
No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers are a good team and they've been a, a good franchise. I don't know if I'd put them on the same level as the Yankees, um, but I mean, you're the uh, Yankees fan. So if you want to do that, then that's fine by me. Uh, it, it's true. I mean, like my Knicks can't even get to the playoffs anymore. Like that's, that's stopped sorry, happening. Who? The Knicks. What, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize that was, they were still playing basketball. I thought much played. like the Sacramento Kings, they had folded up shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about uh, Giannis? What about him? the Greek? The Greek freak. I mean, everybody's freaking out about him now because he's you know like seven feet tall, but can dribble and run fast and jump high and dunk. And then he was out there draining twenty four footers the other night. Chris, I'm just asking. I'm I'm curious. I want to get your take on it because I don't my, watch that much basketball, but everybody's my, talking about this kid. My it's it's like Jeremy Lin all over again. Like, okay, you you've got to get to a point where you're not playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get to a point where you can consistently win, right? Yeah. If you can consistently win and you know take a couple L's when they, when they should be L's, then I don't care. Like I don't I don't want to. I will never support a hype player. Like I, this is not a thing. Um, so you won't that, support somebody until they prove it. Yeah. So you're a bandwagon fan, is what you're saying. That's the exact opposite <laughs> of a bandwagon. Fan. You wait and you you won't support someone until they prove that they can do it, and then you're so like, the oh, now I'll, now I'll support you. No, it's like now that you've you, won the Super Bowl, <laughs> now I'm going to go get my Eli Manning jersey. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's like you can have a great start, but how do you finish the race, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like uh, the kid from. Uh, Case D. Um, gosh, forget his name. K State. Uh, the Chiefs. Um, oh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I always want to call him Phil. I, I think I'm getting old. I don't. I don't know. Um, You're not getting old. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like I was super impressed with what he did his first season, right? Yeah. But my my brain was saying as soon as people watch tape on this kid, they're going to, they're going to hit him. Um, and look what happened this year. As soon as people like, as soon as people can find the gaps, they can find the holes. It's not that phenomenal because you, you're going to have a, a play, a play uh, book and you're going to have your first 20 plays your first 20 calls of defense based on what you think. Right. Mm-hmm. When you have somebody that like Russell Wilson was kind of the same way. It would frustrate me to watch, like people try to defend the guy when he could scramble. Like he had those legs where you're like, yeah, he's going to actually bolt on you. Yeah. And then when you thought he was going to scramble and you, he was like, nah, I've got this arm too. Yeah. And that's where it's like, oh, okay. Like, how do you, how do you defend against that? Cam Newton had the same thing. Not only did he have the legs, dude's a horse. Like yeah. he's like solid. <laughs> Clyde's like, you, would, yeah. <laughs> you would hit him and it's like, you bounce off him. Like you didn't do anything. So, and Roethlisberger was the same thing. But once you can figure out a scheme to break that pattern, then what do they do? Yeah. So it's not to say I'm not impressed by what these, these QBs or these players can do. It's like, yeah, that's just like brand new stuff. Like, 
we just kind of take we, we'll take a moment to adjust to that, and so, then what then what happens to that player after what they're doing is not so fantastic and brand new anymore? Yeah, I mean, I I wholeheartedly agree. You know, like I I don't you don't want to because it, it's like this year with Lamar Jackson who has done right. amazing things, you know, but give NFL defenses another year or two, somebody's going to scheme it up. They're going to, you know, they're going to start drafting players differently on defense if that's the way that the NFL ends up going. And, you know, maybe I think for him, the advantage right now is that he's really the only player that any team is utilizing like that in their offense, in that position. And so defenses aren't willing to wholesale make changes that are only going to be aimed at stopping him. Right. Right. You can't do that. You got 31 other teams or 30 other teams in the league that you have to worry about. And and in my memory, I can't think about when a tight end became like a really an offensive weapon up until about seven years ago. Yeah. Right. So it's like you never saw a tight end actually getting so many catches or like targets until about seven in my mind. I could be wrong. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was Gonzalez and Gates, you know, those guys really were the ones who was like, Oh, we can have an athletic tight end. Who's really more of like a big bodied wide receiver, you know, that can run the middle of the field and can jump and, you know, basically box out and get a rebound when necessary. And, you know, who's not a half decent or uh, who's, who's also a half decent blocker on the end of the line when we need it, you know, because you're right. Like the tight end used to be just a a small offensive lineman, essentially, or another fullback who would line up out there in that specific position. Right. So I, I think the game's going to change probably, probably more obviously this season, because you're going to lose a lot of quarterbacks. You're going to, it's going to force the game to change. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to say, quarterbacks aren't good i just don't think it's going to be the, i don't no, think we but have it, I mean, caliber. I, I totally agree the the league has to adjust to what the talent is that it's provided right like in the past the reason that they didn't throw the ball so much a because nobody would had thought to do it um and b because there weren't guys that that they they didn't know that there were guys that could do that stuff right, right. and so now we've hit this recent you know 10 15 year period where we've had this abundance of incredibly talented quarterbacks, you know, the end of careers like Montana and, you know, uh, Elway and guys like that. And, you know, the entirety of careers now, right. Of guys like Eli and Ben and Phil and probably Brady. Um, And then all all of those other guys in between, right. Like Aaron Rodgers. um, Like there's a ton of quarterbacks in there that you don't even mention because Drew Brees. Brees, Yeah. Yeah. it's just, I, I think you're right. You know, if if they aren't able to find that wealth of passers, which I think you're starting to see through the draft, they're doing a terrible job of identifying right. <laughs> who's good. Um, you know, success at the college level does not is not a clear indicative uh, indicator of success at the pro level, right? And a lot of it also depends on the system that these guys end up in. If Lamar Jackson had gotten drafted, you know, to I don't know um, Jacksonville. They're not going to build their offense around him. They're going to expect him or, you know, Buffalo or something like that. They're going to expect him to do it their way. And right. part of the reason that he's been so successful is because Harbaugh on the offense there was like, no, we're going to, these are your skills. We're going to build the entire offense around that and let you do what you do best. But there's got to be a, a middle ground there. I think that, um, well, yeah, because you have to develop them, right? Like, yeah. you, you, 
you can't just come in with your college level skills and say, okay, well, that's good enough. Right. I think that, you know, I, I was happy to see, uh, I'd say about probably about 10 years ago when they started putting more money into the, and more time and effort into the offensive line. Yeah. Um, Although now they sink so much freaking man. Sorry. Go ahead. They should. I mean, because that's where, that's where most of your opportunities to score is going to come from. Yeah. Um, your defense. No, I mean, I, you build, you build from the inside out. You know, yeah. in football, you definitely on both offense and defense. It starts at the at the the line, offense and defensive line, and you work your way out from there. Yeah. Um, because if if you, I mean, you look at Philip Rivers and his career in San Diego and Los Angeles. One of the biggest problems he's had is his consistent offensive line. You know, the couple of years where he had a really good offensive line that was healthy all year, he looked really really good. The years where he's had no time in the pocket, he's looked like garbage and you know i mean age is 100 percent catching up with him um and i think the last probably three seasons you've seen that as the season has progressed he's just he just does his body do, isn't there at the end of 16 17 weeks like it used to be yeah you know he I mean, used to be mr december and you can say the same thing about eli manning you can say that there's a lot of quarterbacks where it's like you know they're not they don't have the i wouldn't say ability they're not at their best when they have to also worry about getting hit yeah. <laughs> before they get the ball off. I mean, you have probably two seconds to really get that receiver like inside and get the ball out of your hand. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't dislike Philip Rivers, even, you know. Um, no, you shouldn't. He's a great guy. Well, I don't like him when they're playing against Denver. So <laughs> you should also like him then because he, I don't think he's beaten Denver like, but like once or twice in the last eight times. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Um, <laughs> like Just I'm wait until out. LA ends up with a competent quarterback, and you're going to be like, ah, shit. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always worried about the playoffs. I'm like, ah, I don't want to worry about like. I mean, San Diego used to be like a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, we used to be a decent team. We, because I used to play for them. Back when I did, we were a good team. Isn't it funny how like like a, like Americans like really we love our sports. Like we oh, don't yeah. care about anything else. It's just like oh, don't talk about my team. Like, give me sports or give me death. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's insane. Oh man, yeah. Um, went to the Carolina hockey or Carolina Hurricanes game the other night. Um, had second row from the ice oh, seats. That was incredible. Um, I'm I'm I gotta figure out how we do that again, and I want to get it like a bunch of people together to go because that was that was incredible. That was so much fun sitting down there, and it was against the Capitals, which um was a lot of fun. I got to yell a lot of things at Alexander Ovechkin. <laughs> See, when the Canes first came to to North Carolina, um. Uh, the previous company I worked for, I would get a lot of tickets and I lived in Winston. So I would just drive to Greensboro and I would see a lot of games. It was kind of cool. I'd never been a hockey guy. Um, but going to a hockey game live is amazing. Uh, speaking of, uh, I am a soccer guy. I'm kind of pissed that Charlotte got the the MLS team. Of course. Like I'm super pissed. Yeah. Like I was hoping it was coming to rally too, but, I figured Charlotte was the more likely choice just because it's, they've got more money. Bank so I'm just saying that's all they care about. That's all anybody cares about. Oh, when the question is why the answer is money. 
I mean, I, I'm less likely, actually, that's not true. I was going to say I'm less likely to drive to Charlotte for a soccer match. Uh, that's probably not true. <laughs> yeah, that's not true at all. I would definitely go and watch MLS soccer. I wouldn't go watch a Panthers game unless by some luck of the draw, they were playing Denver. Um, I'm just, I like the Panthers. I'm just not going to, I mean, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> that's, that's. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not either, honestly. Um, and it's, it's weird because, you know, I, I, I guess I didn't have any hockey allegiance prior to the hurricane showing up and right. the year that they went to the, the first year, the first time they went to the Stanley cup finals and they lost, that was exciting, but disappointing. And then when they won, I remember sitting in this room, uh, watching it on my roommate at the times TV. Cause he was the one that had a flat screen TV in the house. And that was so exciting. Cause if I'm not mistaken, it was a game seven win. Um, and I had never been to a game before a couple years later, I got to go to a game set way up in the rafters. Um, and then this is only, I think the second time that I've gone probably to a hockey game, or it was specifically a hurricanes game. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's just, that's a team that's easy to root for in my mind because they're kind of looked at as the underdogs, um, you know, in a lot of cases, but, and I'm, I like rooting for underdogs as an NC state fan. Yeah, that's that's like you're used to that. Yeah, it's... that's that's where I've spent my life as a fan, as an as an underdog. I mean, like I've had one team, the the Seattle Seahawks, that have that I've rooted for, that has won a championship in something in my lifetime. One that's, team. That's that's sad. You one need time. to pick better teams. That's sad. I, it's not. I, I mean, that's just it. It's not even like I'm sitting there going, "Well, you know, this team's going to give me the best chance at rooting for a team that wins." This. Then I'd just be a freaking Patriots fan. That's, that's we got enough now. of them. Yeah, they can come out of the woodworks. Like I'm like, where are you guys coming from? Massachusetts. Like, New England. Oh, <laughs> it's so crazy. I uh, like you know I'm a Denver like so my sports allegiances are kind of weird. Like the Broncos, yeah, the Broncos. John Elway, when I was a kid, was throwing the ball and putting dents in people's shoulder pads, and I was like, that's the guy. Um, now I still love the Giants. Like I. You know, uh, diehard fan, but Broncos, they, they win my heart. Baseball, hands down, it's always going to be about the Yankees. Oakland A's used to be my team. Um, yep, I grew up a big McGu- Oakland fan because they were the team closest to me. Oh, yeah? Yep. McGuire, Mag- I mean, McGuire and Conseco. Yep, Bash Brothers. Brilliant. Bash Brothers. I had both their rookie cards at one point in my life. I had T-shirts just like big about the A's. I thought they were kind of dope, uh, but still always going to root for the Yankees. Uh, let's see basketball, the Knicks. Like I have it. I don't have a, a second team there. It's just like, yeah, I just keep praying and hoping that one day, <laughs> one sweet day is, uh, do you think Carmelo retires as a Nick? They're no. going to hang his Jersey in the rafters. No, I don't, I don't think so. It'd be great, but I don't think it's going to happen. Does um, he deserve it? Yes. For the career that he had in New York specifically or for the entirety of his career? I think New York specifically. What uh, about all the time that he, I mean. I, what about Denver? Yeah. But I, and I know that he hated Denver because of George Carlson, which I could totally right. understand because that guy's a racist piece of shit. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I and then it's no skin off my nose. I don't care one way or the other where he ends up. Cause I'm not specifically a fan of either team. Um, but I just, as a Knicks fan, I was kind of curious what your take on that was. 
I mean, I love Carmelo. Like, there's, there's, you know, I wish he would have stayed in New York. Um, you know, the the politics in sports still greatly pisses me off. One hundred percent of the time, I think about it, and just like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but you know, Carmelo, big fan. I think he's a great player. Um, he's he's aged well. I think he still has a lot of game left in in him. He's got to find the right team for him to finish out his career. It's kind of like Kobe Bryant. I mean, I was never a Kobe fan until like probably towards the end of his career when he started, you know, getting tune-ups because he was falling apart. Yeah. And then I gained a new respect for him. Like, yeah, this guy really loves the game. Um, and he's brilliant at the game. It's just like, wow, watch, like watching him play and understanding more about him at that level was when I gained respect for him. Because I thought they were just a stacked team. They were, it's like the Yankees. I get pissed when the Yankees don't, you know, they don't chase a pennant every year. It's like they don't, if they're not in for a pennant, it's like, you guys spent all that money. You didn't, you didn't get close, right? Um, see, now you sound like a Patriots fan. Gee, but I have a, res- I mean, Brady's 42. Yeah. Like, I'm 43, and I can only imagine, <laughs> like, the dings and bruises he gets at, at at 42, right, you know, playing that position. Well, one I of the interesting to... things I heard the other day, I think it was on the Pomani Jones podcast. Um, they were talking about Belichick and how, you know, a guy's been there for almost what, 20 years now in New England alone. And you never hear one of his former players talk anything bad about him. Right. Right. Never once has that guy rubbed somebody the wrong way. <laughs> that, that in and of itself is... I'll tell you this. If you can, it's like how I feel about Coach K. He's one of the best. I mean, you recognize a person at being one of the best in their field. Just because you don't root for them doesn't mean you you can't appreciate how good they are. Right. right. And and I at the end totally of the day, I, that's how I look at you know most teams. It's, and that's why like, I still have no respect for Roy Williams. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> you wait to take a job. He's like, I'm gonna reel him in. He's he's going, got him, smack. Like, what, Boom. what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, one of my one of my golden rules is to respect people for what they do if they're in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And not look at their public life. And I think that serves me pretty well. Um, and, and I look at celebrities, of, you know, across whatever industry. Hey, you're, you're a great actor. That's awesome. You know, you, you go like uh, Matthew McConaughey. I think he's a great actor. I don't want to know what's going on in his personal life. Like, I, just, <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> you know? Naked bongo uh, playing. Yeah, like. It's like there's some things I just don't want to know about people. Um, and so I treat anybody at a celebrity status with a surface level in, level of interest. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, we were speaking about A Quiet Place. They're coming out with a sequel. A Quieter Place? I think, no, I think it's a <laughs> Quiet Place 2. And I was looking for Jim, but he was not in the movie. So I had to remember, like, you know, he's not in the movie. I can't, no spoilers. Um but that was the first thing I thought about. I'm like, oh, where's Jim at? And you don't see him. Um, but yeah, that's so at the 
be an entertainer, be a celebrity, you know, be a great coach. And I want to respect you for that. I'm sure Coach K has probably said some things that I would probably lose my mind over. You know, um, it's like Roy Williams actually, or was it Roy Williams? I'm sure it was. Who, who was the coach that called this? They called it was State's uh, football. Yeah, it was Gottfried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After the after the Duke win. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I remember you and I, I we talked about that the very next day, and he's just he's just like, that's how you do it, boy. And I was I just was like, like, boy, whoa, 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 Mark, like. That's national television, buddy. Um, yeah. you can save that for the locker room. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's a little bit racist. Um, so there, there's a reason why I don't want it. Like, I, it's like, hey, I, I, maybe there that came from a context, like, or maybe they have a relation. I don't want to yes, just. I'm, you know. I'm sure that it wasn't. I mean, because it certainly didn't seem to offend Dennis Smith Jr. in any way. So it, I'm sure it wasn't the first time he used that term, but it's just out of context, you know, without having any background to it, it came across as very like, what? wait, what did he just say? <laughs> like, you kind of had to do that double take. And I, I remember it live and I'm just like, oh, wow, that that just doesn't sound right. Like, I'm sure that the in context, it, there's nothing, you know, bad here, but it just that right there just sounded weird. <laughs> uh, there, I think every black person that heard that was like, what? <laughs> like, it's, what it's like, you, you don't lost your mind. Yeah. Um, um, and Mark always came across as a good old country boy, so God knows. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man. I yeah, I I just left it at that, I, and that's why I stick by that rule. It's like, hey, be great at w- what you do. Now, if it came to a point where you know I had to know about your personal life, I'm probably going to ask those questions. But for the most part, I really just don't care. It's like I, eh, well, there's no reason. Why why it is that as a society we expect everybody that holds any sort of position with any you know in the public light in any form to be this saint like figure you know that like they can do no wrong they've never said anything bad in their entire life you know they've always given to charity you know they they've never jaywalked like I mean, right. geez, come on. Like, they're people. We're all people at the end of the day. Yeah, it'd be great to think that it's possible if you try really hard that you could be an absolutely perfect person, but that just doesn't exist. So why we spend so much time – I mean, and I know why, but it's just it's frustrating that so much of our time is spent dragging down other people for behaviors that we ourselves are often just as guilty of, if not more so. It's the Mayor Pete statement. Why have a purity test you can't pass yourself? Right? Exactly. Um, I, I he gained a little bit of respect for me for that. So I was like, I was one. I wanted to know if he was actually going to go at her and just like, yeah, shut up. You're totally like way off base here. Somebody needs uh, to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I I get where. I don't know. I think I don't want to believe. Politics are divisive, but the evidence is definitely there that it's a divisive thing. I don't like to. It, here's another thing I believe: like I'm totally okay with people being like it, for as conservative as I am for most things. I'm probably the most like understanding of other people's points of views as they are of mine, and I, I find that pretty sad. You know, like I understand why if somebody's an atheist, hey, I totally respect that. I get it. 
there, there, history has shown why people believe that. And that's okay. I respect that. But don't penalize me for my beliefs. And I think that, you know, what I, I find that whether it's politics, religion, and I think they're, you know, although people say you should never talk about them, I think that's part of the problem is people can't have an honest conversation about them or sports or whatever it may be. It's like, hey, it's, it's totally okay to not believe the same thing, but are you at least trying to understand what the other person's saying? Yeah. Right. Um, Remember, if you learn something, you'll be the most intelligent person <laughs> the and then you win at the end of the game that's right which is still and life is all about winning <laughs> i think life is all about trying um and that's seriously for me it's like trying is more important than winning because maybe how do you define success um one point i like i've i hate help i hate self-help books <laughs> like i don't hate them that hates a strong word I really get confused by, you know, remember all those business books, like people were being forced to read. Yes. I had to, I had to pretend to have read a lot of them. Yeah. You, you know what I always find like, and I, I, of course I told you this is like, what's amazing to me is like, read this book. It's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what's amazing is that people aren't willing to put those principles in practice. Oh no, they love it. Um, you know, in terms of lip service, right. Yeah. To be able to talk about in a meeting, Hey, yeah. you know, wouldn't, wouldn't this be great if we could achieve this, you know, as though it's some pie in the sky ideal. And then, you know, it's like, well, I like this, but I don't like this part of it. So I'm going to combine it with this thing over here. It's like, you never even tried it. You know, you yeah. immediately looked at it and went, well, I can do it better than this person can, but you're absolutely right. I mean, nine out of 10 times, they're not even willing to make the changes that are recommended or required to implement the strategy that they think is going to solve their problems. And instead they right. sit there and keep doing the same thing over and over again, or try some other book, you know, well, let's, let's add this one and see if this fixes it. You know, who moved my cheese? Well, who gives a shit? Who moved your cheese? Your cheese is gone, man. If you were smart, you would have moved it to the refrigerator so nobody else would eat it. But now it turns out the cheese is killing you. I know. Who moved I, my cauliflower? I was reading. Uh, that's that's a better title. I was reading Damon John's book, The Power Broke, mm. and I was getting irritated. I'm like, I've totally read this stuff in various other places, and I I often say, well, it's just a rehash. And then I had to ask myself a question. Okay, Andre, you chose to to purchase this book read it through and then you can still maybe what you, if a lot of the things are the same it just reinforces what you know and that's okay but i think mentally i'm just tired of people you know i don't want to be part of the problem i want to be able to say that you know i'm willing to how do you explore things with an open mind and give it a shot now or just get the information and move on um, and I think that's one thing that our society needs to do, like whether it's, you know, the relationships with people, what, blah, 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 blah. I, I really think that people should be okay with um, just, you know, genuinely without as much bias as possible learning stuff and being okay with recognizing, hey, I, I have a predisposition to like feel this way about something. And I want to see if I can actually learn something. Um, one of the most 
personal times in my life where I actually really lived that was, you know, just with, um, like the, the, the gay community. Like, you know, I was predispositioned just on, based on my culture to have a certain view. Um, until I started, I had an employee that, uh, is, tr is transgender and hearing her life story, like actually, you know, doing life with that person, I was like, wow, like I'm a jerk. Right. And it's, for me, it's about loving the person and I don't have to necessarily agree with everything else. And if I can go into most relationships, remembering that, yeah, people are going to do things that I don't necessarily agree with, but do I still love the person? And if the answer, I, you know, that should be my goal or my purpose with, you know, trying to interact with people. And I, you know, I think that's a, you know, something that most people should probably do. And I, I think that, you know, whether it's having kids where my kids may say things where it's like, hey, I, I don't know where you got that from. Uh, Dad, I'm <laughs> but, a vegan. Yeah. No, I'm vegan. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, it's loving the person and then deciding to, you know, not, you know, just to be okay with that. Yeah. Doesn't mean I, I may necessarily agree, but trying to figure out how do I love the person regardless of what they're doing or what they say or what, you know, just trying to love the person. And that sounds really, you know, huggy, touchy feely, but it makes me a lot happier person. Well, um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's, we're all searching for something in our life here that has meaning or that that helps to put some sort of sense to, you know, the time that we spend on earth. And right. I think the, the that type of connection that you can make with other people is one of the most valuable things that you can get from your time on earth. Um, you know, and it's one of the things I, I think my parents, everywhere I go, when I travel with my parents, they make friends. And it's something that I think, you know, I, I, I do an okay job with that, but I'm not at the same level as them. Like they seek it out, you know, like, well, how can I, how can I find some new connections while we're here in this completely foreign place so that, you know, it doesn't feel as foreign to me. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm just going to chill in my hotel room and I'll figure it out on my own. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it's like those interactions that I've experienced because of them are some of the richest and most like, you know, rewarding memories that I have in my life and strangers that I've met once, you know, and had this like brief interaction with, but you know, it was a, it's a great story and led to a great afternoon or a fantastic meal or some connection further down the road, you know, and it's, um, I think that's what, that's what life ultimately can be about it. Not necessarily for everybody, but, um, you know, finding those connections and building those memories so that you have some experience to look back on, you know, and I think that because I think the other thing that does is especially travel, um, it opens your eyes to the different ways that people live, you know, that yeah. the, that what you experience and what your bubble is that you that we all inevitably live in on a day to day basis isn't the end all be all of existence you know that there are other people out there doing other things i think it gives you a greater appreciation for that i think you know it makes you more likely to to want to help to want to be involved um in fixing some of the problems that we're currently dealing with as a as a global society 
Yeah, and it's you know I you know, I agree with that. I think it's not about it's about what you can influence in your 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 actual I guess like you said your bubble your globe. Um, you know I I you know that with the polarization of like a lot of issues in this country and again we've talked about this where it's like you know I'm just as susceptible to the the negative I don't like to use the word energy but you know like when you when you watch the news when you hear all these snippets of of how people are perceiving things you know, I've told you like the time I, I dropped my niece off at the airport and I'm walking through the parking lot and I see this guy wearing a cowboy hat big old belt buckle and cowboy boots I'm thinking oh he's probably racist and I'm getting ready for what I I'm I'm getting myself psyched up to have a racist experience. And the guy says, Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? And I'm like, Oh crap. It got me. me. I totally, I totally got suckered into like the, the conditioning of everybody's bad. Um, and I find my, you know, I, I hold myself accountable for that. I'm like, Hey, you can't, yes, there are bad things, bad people in the world, but you can't just assume everybody's, like racist, <laughs> like yeah. you, you can't. Um, so, yeah, I think. We... I mean, but I think it's one of the things, right? Like, you, we all are guilty of that <clears throat> in some way or at some point in time, and it's recognizing that, right, and trying to learn from it, and that the next time you find yourself in that situation, hopefully, you don't sit there and go, "Oh, I'm bracing for." you know, this racist interaction and instead you right. can kind of you get to the point where you start giving people the benefit of the doubt as opposed to, you know, assuming that the, the worst about them. Right. And it's tough. I mean, it is, I, you know, it's a, uh, it's a learning experience that I think you go through your entire life. I don't think you ever really stop yeah. learning, learning that sort of thing. It, yeah. It's just a challenge and it's a, you know, it's who do you want to be at the end of the day when when everything's like all signed off. Who who was Andre, right? Uh, who do I want my kids to, you know, good and bad to be like? Hey, my dad tried this, and you know, or my dad stood up for this, or hey, this is what he believed. I don't agree with it, but I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, uh, I, I believe those things are important to do. Um, but you know, be that as it may, it's going to be a great. Um, I, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. But I do believe in calendar reset, so I'm looking forward to like, like what 2020 um, has to like, you know, what happens in 2020. Um, New Year's resolutions are bad, just for the record. Uh, <laughs> how to set yourself up for failure? Hey, did you see the report that the uh, the Weather Channel app was broken? They didn't have the forecast uh, for tomorrow. No. Yeah, they said they didn't have 2020 vision. <laughs> Walked right into it. <laughs> you are so mad right now. I wish everybody could see his face. <laughs> I swear, you and your stupid puns. Like, <laughs> oh, even Ambrose doesn't like that one. Yeah, <laughs> He's I, over here whining. <laughs> like, the worst pun ever. was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, that hurt my feelings. 
So, um, it, wow, that was terrible. My my dogs are reacting. Uh, to that yeah. One. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, I've got to get some things wrapped up around the house. So, Chris, it's you know, if you're just joining us for the first or second time, um, this is the end of the podcast, and you should start everything over at the beginning. <laughs> there we go. So we hope that everybody's enjoyed this uh, second episode. Um, we will hopefully be back next week to do episode three. Um, you know, if you've enjoyed this, make sure you like and subscribe because those are things people are supposed to do so that we know that we're doing a good job. If there's things that we can be doing better, keep those thoughts to yourself because we don't really care. This isn't about you. This is about us. Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> If you'd like to make donations, no, I probably should have asked for that first. Um, no, but seriously, this is this is just a fun project for us that um, you know we finally got around to doing. So we hope that you enjoy it, and um, we we hope that we get the opportunity to continue to do this for some time into the near future. And and also, if you have something like you'd like to hear our thoughts on, we'll definitely like look at it and, and see if it's something we want to talk about. Or acknowledge the fact that, hey, that's not our wheelhouse. Um, Don't really know much about that. And then Chris will just make up some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Create my own Wikipedia pages about it. I know, right? Like, we we fact-checked this. Why are you the author of that fact? Yeah, I'm the the author of all the facts that Chris quotes. (laughs) (laughs) So, great stuff. Um, Hopefully, everybody has a great new year. If you're, you know... If you celebrate New Year, uh, the Chinese New Year is probably when is what is that? It's like another week away. Yeah, yeah. I hear that's a big deal. Yeah, they're gonna uh, all of my Chinese counterparts are gonna be gone for like a month, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, that is so dope. Yeah, (laughs) it's like a month long party. Yeah, for everybody but me (laughs) and my customers. But (laughs) Uh, we're all used to it by now, so it's not not that big a deal. I'm glad they they deserve it. Those guys work hard. Yeah. He's the people I work with. Have a happy new year. Happy new year, everybody. And we will uh, see you in 2020. 